You're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. Do you want to speak with confidence and authority, have more influence, and get bigger and better results? Whether you're a top executive, an entrepreneur, or climbing the career ladder, this is the show for you. A leader who wants to inspire others and leave a lasting legacy. Now here's your host, world-renowned TEDx speaker, author, and executive communication coach, Dr. Laura Sokola. Welcome to the podcast, Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, your host, founder of Vocal Impact Productions, and author of Speaking to Influence, Mastering Your Leadership Voice. Now, you know that my world is all about communication and leadership. And normally, whether I'm talking about the book or I've invited other leaders on, if I'm in conferences, et cetera, what I'm often focusing on is the importance of alignment in your communication style, your verbal, your vocal, and your visual, and how for you to be credible as a leader, all three of those facets need to be working together, reinforcing each other, and communicating the same message at the same time. But the visual communication is something that we don't talk about that often. Usually when we think about visual communication, we think about body language. We think about facial expression and frustration because we can't see as much of that on Zoom when either people have their cameras off or they are otherwise just a giant face in the middle of the screen. You can't see the body language. So we're going to assume today, number one, that everybody's cameras are on. But sometimes now, look, we're also getting ready to go back to the office, whether it's fully live or hybrid or just for networking and meeting people face-to-face from time to time. And I want you to realize that it's not just about the body language. The visual branch of communication also includes things like how you're groomed, how you're dressed, and how that resonates with your audience, how that reinforces your message, your brand, how you want to be received and perceived as a leader. So whether that's in person or in the virtual world, We all step in it at some point or other. We all have questions about how to make it work for us, how to feel confident in how we look and how we come across, but we don't always know how to do that. So that's why my guest today is Francesca Zampaglione, and she is a professional stylist. She's got all the tips, all the do's and the don'ts, and she's here to help to answer your questions and help you look at that closet, look at that makeup drawer, look at those accessories, and feel confident whether you're going to walk in a room or click join meeting with a button. That's what we're going to talk about today. Francesca, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Laura. Wow, what a great introduction. It is such an honor to be here, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun today because this is a topic that everybody thinks about. Most people worry about. Some people will eventually just dismiss because eh, they sort of give up after a while. But deep down, we all kind of want to know and we all want to feel confident in the way that we look. So before we get into the nitty gritty, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your 30 second elevator pitch? What a great question. My 30 second elevator pitch is this. Do you want to make 30 percent more money? So it really matters what you wear and how you present yourself. And there are a number of articles out there that show that you will make more money when you dress professionally and you dress for the part and you dress to the next level. So let's make more money, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And Francesca has given me advice over the years. And I think that it's the advice that's going to come today is really important. And I love the notion that being mindful of the way that you dress. And it's not to say that there's one dress code 
that fits all. Not one style fits all. But you do have to think about the way you dress and sometimes making some tweaks in your personal appearance can help you get to the next level. So we want to look at how to do that today. Francesca, in doing all of this styling work, what's your favorite part of your job and why? Oh, I love that question, Laura. Your questions are fantastic. My favorite part is how I make people feel. You know, I have conversations before I get to their house or maybe while we're shopping and they always say, Francesca, I feel so much better after talking with you. That is my absolute favorite part of my job. Knowing that because you can help them find clothes that make them look their best, make them feel more confident. Help them feel more confident that, like you just said, we all have that question and we're not really sure how to have it answered. So you just, we just talk about different things and different things that make people feel confident. And it really does matter when you wear the right color and that you have the right fit. And when people say, oh my gosh, I feel so much better now. Job complete. I just feel like all is well. And it's funny, you you talk about colors and things, and most people don't realize how important color is. I learned a while ago that maybe 10 years ago, probably, I had my colors done a friend before I met you. And she said, oh no, you're a winter. You should never wear yellow. You should never wear gold. You should wear white metals. You should wear these kinds of colors. And I just went, oh, well, that's like all my jewelry. Okay. Note to self. And at least I was pretty good on the, I don't wear yellow much. I don't, but even things like peach and whatnot, that's yellow based (laughs) because you're a winter too. Yes. I'm a winter as well. And peach is totally out for us. Yep. Yep. Learned that after way too many peach sweaters and and shirts (laughs) over the years. So, but it's, it's really amazing how, how those things, when you realize, oh, that color really does just make me look stronger. It makes people go, wow, you look great today. And even though it's the exact same shirt you were wearing yesterday, just in a different color, it captures people's attention, not in a screaming look at me way, but just in a "Hmm, can't help but notice you today kind of a way. You bring up such a great point, Laura, because when I talk to people about the right color for them, they often know what the right color is because of what you just said. People come up to them and say, you look great today. Well, did you lose weight? Or, wow, your skin is glowing. That's because they're wearing the right color. So a lot of people know they just don't put the two together. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, no, I think it's great. And how can people find out what their color is, what their colors are? What's the best palette? So that is such a great question. There is a book that was published in 1987. I know And it's still relevant, even though their fashions are not. It is still relevant. It's called Color Me Beautiful, and there are four palettes in there, and there's lessons in there from the author that help you define whether you're fall, spring, winter, or summer, right? And in there, they have all the appropriate colors that's right for this season. So, you know, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't wear a certain color, but I will tell you this for sure, we should not wear peach. Like, you should pay attention (laughs) to what the author has to say. But obviously, I'm sure you can Google and find different things, but this is a tried and true tested book. It's maybe $12 on Amazon or wherever. Um, But easy resources. Easy resources. Color Me Beautiful if you are curious and want a full palette for you. Or we can set up a call and I could talk to you about it too, because it's my favorite topic. Sure. And we'll give contact information later on. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Now, when we think about what's current and what's coming up in the world The topic that's on everybody's mind, of course, is are we going to go back to meeting people in person? Are we staying virtual or are we going to do some mix of hybrid? And 
I think being either in the virtual meeting space or being in person, there are some challenges to that overlap and sometimes that are really different issues with regard to how to dress, how to look your best in each of those. What are some of the differences between dressing well for the virtual world versus dressing well for when you're in person? So one of the biggest differences, Laura, that I've noticed is striped shirts versus checked shirts. Mm. You know, on camera with the virtual space, they don't always present well. Whereas when we were face-to-face, none of that mattered. So anything that distracts. So that's one of the things that I pay attention. But I would say from a hybrid work environment, you know, there are pieces in my closet that I haven't worn in a period of time, right? Mm -hmm. But we still want to present ourselves in a professional manner when we're working. We need to pay attention to all of those things that you mentioned early on, or, you know, the visual, what's behind us and our background and what we sound like. But also pay attention to what you're wearing from head to toe. Like it's a mindset. I want people to think about that. It's just so confusing, you know, when you're dressing for casual work and then you have a meeting and are you communicating that message across well when you're dressed in sweats? No, I don't think so. I'm a big proponent of dressing from head to toe in the virtual space. It's really important. And it's not just about wearing a suit, right? You're not necessarily advocating being a full suit from top to bottom. Oh, please. Absolutely not. I'm not advocating a suit, a button-down shirt, something that's clean, something that's not stained, something that fits. That's one thing that I hear over and over is, I don't know if that fits. Well, we have to try things on and it's okay if it doesn't because the clothes should fit us, not the other way around. Right. Right. There's a lot of stress out there. If things don't fit you, that's okay. They should. So go find and feel good about finding something that does. If it no longer fits you, there are plenty of charities out there that could do well with it. Sure. And I think what I heard you to say, and I want to make sure that I'm clear on it and that everybody else is too, is that the way you dress changes the way you feel in general in the moment. And then that changes the way that you communicate. That changes the way that you project yourself and that it changes the way people receive your message. So it's not just about being comfortable, like I'm in a t-shirt and you know, gym shorts and flip-flops because I'm comfortable and that makes me happy. But does my posture change? Does my sense of authority, the way my voice sounds, is there a correlation between the way that you dress and how those things come across? Right. Yep. You just summed it up so well and clarified it so well that I do believe there's a clear communication channel with how you present yourself and how, you know, it's a matter of trust, right? If we're confident with ourselves, people trust us and that's what we want a trusted relationship in anything. I find personally, and tell me if you've got suggestions for what to do instead, that I have a lot of jewelry that I loved wearing when I was able to go in person in front of a conference room on stage in a convention, something along those lines. But then realizing that here in the virtual world, if I have a necklace with rhinestones or something that's a little sparkly, it does not work at all because it's such a distraction. There's so many lights that I've got going on that even a a small pendant on a necklace or earrings can look like a disco ball and it's overwhelming to people to stare at. Right. Are there recommendations for jewelry or accessories that work better on camera? You mentioned that pinstripes or really small checks of sorts don't, and they kind of send a blurry, they look blurry on camera. So that doesn't look good. What does look good on camera? So that's a really good question because it does depend on the lighting, which you just highlighted, you know, depending on how many lights you have in your space, it will pick up 
the diamonds and the jewelry. I don't have as much light as you, and I'm okay with some shiny things, but we need to be mindful of it. And all that I can say is like test it out in advance, you know, check it out with someone across the screen. And if it looks distracting, like let's take it off. But other than that, our makeup has to maybe be a little heavier depending on the lighting. Maybe it has to be a little lighter depending on the lighting. We have to really test our environment out and pay attention to what we look. And do you like your image? Okay. I don't know. Maybe my lipstick is too dark for this time of day. Because another thing that I noticed, Laura, is it depends what time of day I'm on Zoom, right? Because my room where I am right now has lighting to the left of me and it faces the West for me. Where the natural light is coming from, you mean? Where the natural light is, pardon. And I, I've had to add panels because sometimes during a bright sunny day, I have to close the panels because it gets way too bright in here. And again, that can pick up things on what I'm wearing, the jewelry. So it's paying attention to all of those pieces. And you might not be able to wear This is something that you and I talked about. You might not be able to wear those shiny pieces while on camera, but save them for the face-to-face because we are integrating back a little by little. And if they're your favorite pieces, you should have every chance to wear them again. Don't throw those out too soon. Right. Absolutely. Look forward to being back on, on stage and in front of large groups again. That'll be fun. Now, when you think about your own personal skills as a communicator, because obviously you're advising people, whether it's one-on-one or you're doing a workshop with a group or something like that, what are you really good at communicating and what do you wish you were better at? Uh, I feel like I'm really good at communicating and helping people through their problems. It's because it's not always just about not having the right clothes. They were somehow, someone told them along the way that, something didn't look good on them. I'll give you a perfect example. I have a client who I had the opportunity to work with just before this recording. And she's had some tough things happen in her life. And she actually, that was reflected in the type of clothes that she was buying. And I'm like, you have such a great figure. You've been hiding it under those big sweaters. She goes, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're in my life because I wasn't feeling that. So sometimes we just need to uplift people. And I feel that I'm really good at that, Laura, that I help them remove the distractions that are not making them feel good. She's like, what do you think about this sweater? I'm like, oh, that's not really a good color. And what do you think about this? She's like, I don't like it either. <laughs> she kind of knows, but I just use her as an example because I still feel great about spending time with her. What I could use work with, let me think about that. The social stamina, I would say this, it's really hard now meeting people because we've been inside and I'll just have a meeting, you know, and I'll, I can shut down and just take a breather. But if I've had a couple of coffee meetings face to face and I feel like I get exhausted a lot more quickly now. Mm. So I want to rebuild my social stamina, if you will, if that makes any sense, you know, as we integrate back into life. (laughs) Sure. Outside of my home office, right? I have a number of clients who've talked about now that there's some networking events that are starting again, meeting some people for dinner and meeting some people here and there, just forgetting how to network, forgetting how to elevator pitch, forgetting how to make that getting to know you introductory kinds of conversation in person. It just, you forget the basics. It's kind of strange. You can do all the hardcore number crunching and whatever else, but the simple act of communication is harder. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Now, style shifting is something that I usually talk about with regard to how you speak and the challenges of feeling like when you're talking to different audiences, whether it's the board or clients or 
your engineering team versus your finance team versus, you know, anybody else, your, your teenagers for that matter, that it's hard to convey the same content or how to be an effective communicator with all those different groups, how to adjust your messaging so that they can hear what you need them to hear mm-hmm. in a way that they're able to hear it, but still be authentic to yourself. You're not trying to be them. You're not trying to imitate them or something like that, but you still need to flex. I have to imagine that that's just as much a concern with dress code and how you put yourself together physically. You want to be able to connect with everybody, regardless of whether you're talking to prospective clients or you're giving a talk to your kid's career day or you are doing a mentoring meeting or you're talking to the board of directors. Do you need to change your clothing for each of those contexts? And if so, how do you do that in a way that still allows you to be yourself? When we dress like other people in the room, we're more likable because we're like them, right? Mm -hmm. There's a book that I've read, Never Split the Difference. And the author, actually, I'm sure you've heard of it or read it and everything. Chris Voss. Yes, Chris Voss. He's great. He speaks to that. He says that, you know, when you're in a room, people like you more when you dress like them. So it is hard to have to change outfits all the time, but we want to try to be more like who's in the room, like your audience. I've spoken to this before. When you attend networking events, pay attention to the audience. And, you know, for a presentation, you're going to dress differently, right? Than you are right here, right now. So we do have to be mindful of A, our audience and B, who else is in the room. So we're not standing out so much. I hear this too, as I guide people through interview prep, right? People like, oh, should I wear a suit and jacket? And it's a casual environment. Well, let's talk about the industry. You know, are they a very formal environment like lawyers and accountants, or are they less formal? Maybe they're in IT. So how do we shift? We have to try to plan a little bit more than maybe we thought about before to get that recognition and understanding to get our message across. Like, okay, he gets me, right? Sure. And so are there tips to do that in a way that you don't feel like you're just trying to kind of single white female it, you know, with reference to the the horror flick of the whatever yes. decade it was, <laughs> but the idea of like, you're trying to actually imitate that person and that person wears turtlenecks. So I'll wear turtlenecks or, you know, that person always does X, Y, Z, or they like that brand. So I'm going to try to look like a little mini me of that person. You're not trying to actually imitate them per se. How do I translate that into a way that I can be more relatable to them, but still be myself? Yeah, I'll just jump into just an example. You know, say the boss always wears or the people at the office always wear button down shirts. There's so many different patterns. So there's nothing to say that you have to wear the exact same color and pattern. You need to wear what we just said about color, the color that's right for you. Um, Maybe you don't like khaki pants, so you wear like blue pants, but you know, You can still be unique and still be the same because there are so many different color and fabric options that differentiate you. And what matters is the fit (laughs) and how you feel in it, right? So looking like them, but not exactly like them. So don't run and ask them. I actually had this happen to me in my personal life. Someone would ask me where I bought something and then show up in the same outfit the next day. Like, yes, that was crazy. Hmm. So without doing that, you just say, okay, this is how they dress to work. They wear dresses, or this is how they dress to work. They wear pants most of the time. And you just adopt 
that way. There's so many different styles, more so for women. We have way too many options. Way too many. I would agree with that. Way for sure. too many. It's just, it's out of control. <laughs> Gets us in trouble sometimes too. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Francesca, this brings us to the listener 24-hour influence challenge. Mm. This is a chance for you to talk directly to the audience and challenge everyone to take one step that they can complete within 24 hours to have more influence. How would you like to challenge our listeners today? I love that question. All right, everybody, listen up. (laughs) I want you to go to your closets and I want you to find a piece that you haven't worn. So I have clients that every hanger has a story. And as we clean their things out, they're afraid to let things go. I guarantee you, you can find one. Now, if you want to be an overachiever, feel free to go for five. I once helped someone and I said, you need to get rid of a minimum of 25 and she found 40. (laughs) So you don't have to give yourself that much time because you only have 24 hours. So that's why my goal is to just find one. I know you can do it. So I'm going to ask for a parameter here. You said an outfit you haven't worn in how long? Oh, that is such a great question. So typically I would say one year, but I'm going to give the audience the grace. If you haven't worn something in two years, it's time. Got it. With the whole COVID pandemic era thing. We haven't worn a lot of stuff, but we might get back to some of them. But if you haven't worn it in at least six or eight months pre-pandemic, then you're probably not going to wear that again either. Then you're probably not. And you know what? Even if it has the tag, that's the magic. Because there are people that will say, but I spent X amount of dollars on this, but it's still sitting in your closet, even if it has the tag. That's the gold star bonus challenge winner, Laura. Okay. That's great. All right. So if you haven't find something in your closet that you haven't worn in at least two years or longer, even if the tags are still on it, find something that you haven't worn and just commit to getting rid of it. Donate it, throw it away, sell it, eBay, Craigslist, whatever you want, but get rid of that piece. Yes. Awesome. All right. Now we're talking about all the stuff that you're helping people to do right, but everybody had a learning curve at some point or other. Can you share with us a fashion faux pas that you made at one point? The lesson that you had to learn? She's asking me to embarrass myself. So it's time, right? So <laughs> yes, I did. I did. And I'll tell you why it was embarrassing because I had to be reprimanded on something I wore. And I always thought that I did such a great job. But here's the thing. And how long ago was this? Oh gosh, this was easily 20 years ago. Okay. So you were new in your career, younger. Right. I was fairly new. Didn't know any better at the time. I worked in a conservative industry. You guys, I used to be a CPA. So we're known as very conservative people, environments, you know, we were in client facing, we would always have to dress a certain way. So I wore something, Laura, that was too low cut. And the reason why this is a problem, not just because my industry was conservative, it's because it's a distraction. So we just don't want to dress in such a way that the eye contact is not made. We always want that direct eye contact for trust mm-hmm. and all of those things. Sure. So that's the thing. And like I said, I was reprimanded on it and I felt kind of awful. And then I just never did it again. And now I talk to as many young ladies about not being a distraction because that's not why we're there. Sure. Sure. When you think about what you want people to focus on, what you want them to pay attention to when you're talking, if something visual is going to distract from something auditory, what you're saying, then again, the congruence, right? Are you in alignment, what you're saying and what people are visually hearing you say? I get the question a lot from some of my clients when I'm trying to help them with their executive presence. There's a concern about, well, what's the line between attractive versus sexy? 
And, you know, you could dress in sweats and somebody could find you sexy, right? So that's not your fault. And I always feel like the way I've described it, and you can tell me if you agree, is that when you look at classy versus sexy, I don't mean classy like, you know, Victorian collars and uber stiff, whatever, but just overall, if you put yourself together and people would feel like that's really respectable, that's classy. There's something classy about what you're wearing. Somebody might find you sexy. But if you look at yourself and the first thought is, that looks sexy, then chances are less that someone will also look at you and say, and I think it's classy. Right. Exactly. Well said. So the classic pieces, just they're not as distracting and they're more plain, right? That's the classic thing. And classy versus classic, I think is different. So because classic is a style that isn't necessary. You could be you know, t-shirt and jeans, but still have it be classy in its own way. Right. Like American classic is t-shirt and jeans. Exactly. <laughs> it has become the new uniform, hasn't it? I'm wiping the sweat off my brow right now for those who can see it. <laughs> yes, it is the new. I'm making Francesco sweat. Yes, your people are wearing yes. yoga pants. God <laughs> help us all. <laughs> so let me ask this then. Let's talk about succession planning because When people are trying to get ahead in their careers, they're great, they're successful where they are, but they know they're ready for more. Mm. They truly believe that they want their boss to recognize that they're ready for more responsibility, more opportunity, a higher level position, a bigger contract, whatever it happens to be. When you're trying to convince the powers that be that you're ready for more, does the way that you dress matter? Absolutely, it matters, right? How we started out this conversation how do you make 30% more? Well, you're dressing to the next level. There's an amount of confidence that you exude when you're wearing something that makes you feel confidence, right? It's this circular motion of, I feel confident, I look confident, people are going to believe I'm confident. So absolutely, it matters what you wear and you want people to respect you. So some things that I've mentioned are lapels add authority, like layers add authority, that additional blazer or that jacket or that significant piece of jewelry, something that you've paid attention and extra care to your image because you know people are looking up to you. So you want to serve as a role model and you you respect yourself so other people are going to respect you. It's really just that entire package of your appearance and how you present yourself to others. So it absolutely, in my opinion, if you want to set yourself apart from someone else who may be going for the same position, Take that extra step and really pay attention to what you're wearing and how you, you're wearing it, and you'll have the edge over somebody else going for that same job. And when we were talking prior to beginning our official interview here today, one of the things that you said that I really liked and I, I wanted to share with everybody else was the idea of dressing for the role that you want rather than the role that you have. What does that mean? Yeah, it kind of means dress like the boss. Dress like the boss five years before you get the job. The the boss is looking to be replaced, right? That dress for that next level. Dress as if you already have that position. It's a consistent approach. You're going to show up for work consistently. You're going to consistently do a good job and you're going to consistently wear something that's going to show that you can do that job. It's all the same message. And again, always in the way that is reflective of your own personal style. We're not, I don't think you're saying if your boss wears, you know, wingtip shoes and pleated pants and a standard button down shirt and a necktie that that's what you should, you're not trying to be the mini me, right? It's, but take a cue from what leadership seems to look like there. Well said. Yes. 
take a cue, right? It doesn't have to be that same shoe, but it's a clean, great leather shoe. It's a nice pair of pants. You know, everything is pressed and just... It's not flip-flops or sneakers or... Oh, no. I'm wiping my brow. Please, no <laughs> I said the word. That's <laughs> the word. Makes me very nervous. <laughs> I'm not going to show you what's under the desk. I'm on a podcast right now. I So we're not going to address my footwear at the moment. Actually, I'm not wearing any shoes, so I'm going to be completely honest with you. But um, okay. So then finally, Francesca, actually, before my last question, I want you to share with me real quick, top three mistakes that people make. What are the three most common fashion mistakes? I asked you about your faux pas earlier. I forgot to ask you this one. What are the top three mistakes people make? Ah, uh, I would say the top three mistakes are they don't pay enough attention to their shoes. Okay, outside of the virtual room, but when you're face-to-face, are they clean? Do they fit? Please don't make them flip-flop. So <laughs> shoes can be mistakes. Also fit. People make mistakes with fit in that sometimes, you know, pieces just need to be slightly tailored to make them look better. And in fact, if they did pay attention to fit, and had them tailored, it makes the clothes look more expensive. It looks like they were made for you. So what are kinds of things that people would tailor? What's an easy tailoring? Oh, pants, like maybe in your waist, maybe you need a bigger size to fit your legs. And maybe you have a tiny little waist and you need to get that tucked in. Maybe you have a blazer and the sleeves are too long. You know, the sleeves should be at the crack of your wrist, or maybe it's too big in your shoulders and needs to be taken in the the neck. You know, your tailor will be best Or for example, I have to buy a bigger blazer because I have broader shoulders and then it just needs to be taken at the waist. So a blazer is a key point. Pants are key points that have to be tailored. You know, sometimes I see people walking on the street. Oh, this is the worst where the pants are dragging. (laughs) Yes. You should not walk the extra length off of your pants. Oh my gosh. And (laughs) you've seen it. You know what I'm talking about. Oh yes. So please have those tailored. Yep. So that is a mistake that I see. And then the other mistake I see is that people don't check their reflection out in the mirror. Like, did you see that deodorant stain on your shirt? You could have just wiped that out. Or did you see that your top really doesn't match the pants too well? So full length mirror, check it, buy one, check it out. Don't make the mistake of not checking on your way out the door. Even before you sit down for a virtual call, you know, do you look presentable? You can always check your reflection in the, you know, the virtual room. But those are the top three things. Oh, the fur length mirror just, I just had flashbacks to when my son was a baby, a toddler that constantly felt like, oh my gosh, I have to do a complete 360 to check. Do I have like oatmeal smeared around my <laughs> knees where he hugged me before I left? Did he, wipe, I give, give him a hug and did he wipe his nose? Am I walking in with a great big smear on my shoulder? And every now and then you realize you missed something until you walked into the room and he went, oh, good God. Uh, I'll be right back. Excuse me right now. So yes, full length, head to toe check. It's not just about being super vain. There are things you just want to know ahead of time. Just want to know. I would agree. Yes. Yes. Perfect. So finally then, advice to future generations. Francesca, if you were asked to give the commencement address at a high school graduation ceremony, what advice would you give the graduates? Whether or not they go to college, regardless of their major or career goals, what's the one thing they have to do to be successful? I love this question. And I would say the one thing Buy a blazer. Everybody get a blazer. It's going to make you look amazing. You can wear it with jeans. You can wear it with shorts. You can wear it with a dress. You can wear it with everything. And you know what? And you can make it your own. You know, there are a lot of crafty people that have been going to the Goodwill and buying things there and having their jackets fitted. Like, or you could go to Nordstrom or any store. I'm not affiliated with any of those stores, by the way. But I will say this putting on a jacket, 
as I mentioned a few moments ago, when you have that layer, it's in a layer of authority. It shows your boss, right? Mm. So you cannot go wrong because at some point you will have to interview or maybe you have to go to some type of service that requires you to get dressed up. You cannot go wrong with the blazer. Yes, I could probably talk about it for 20 minutes, but I'll spare the high schoolers and say, just get a blazer. You'll love it. And there's so many different kinds. It doesn't have to be a department store traditional blazer. No. I think there's all sorts of fun fabrics and funky, you know, edgy zippers and accessories and studs and whatever else. You can always do that to your own for that matter. But I remember this kid, I just speaking of high school, there was one kid in my high school class who was super artistic. Like he was just known for that. And he had this black blazer that he wore with cutoff jeans and he had sewn these huge silk red and white flowers, like all over across the shoulders and down the sleeves. Oh my God. And again, we're talking, okay, late 80s, early 90s, whatever it was. But nevertheless, that was his style. He's like, I'm here. And there was nothing, nothing stodgy about the blazer. So to anybody out there who went, oh, a blazer? I don't know. That sounds kind of old and stiff. Yeah, no, you could, (laughs) it definitely does not need to be. So fun advice. Francesca, is there anything you'd like to give to our audience today? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I'd like to give them a special offer. Can I do that for your audience? Yes, of course, by all means. So I have a course series available and I'd love to give them a 20% discount. So amazing. Yeah. So it'll be VIP 20. Tell us about the course. What's the course? Yeah. So I have three courses. It's funny because I have one on closet tips. Okay. So it's dress smart on closet tips, dress smart, dressing to win, which speaks to dressing to that next level. Okay. And then dressed smart for virtual interviews, kind mm. of giving some quick tips on things that we need to pay attention to. And those three courses, you can access them via my website. And like I said, for your audience only, VIP, named after your company, Vocal Impact Production. Thank you. Just such a cool acronym, right? So VIP 20, it's easy to remember. It has to do with you and it's for you and your guests. Thank you so much. And where can they find these courses? Yes. What's the website? You can go to my website, dressedsmart.com, D-R-E-S-S-E-D-S-M-A-R-T. Just as you hear, dressedsmart.com. And we'll put that in the show notes too. Wonderful. Thank you. And I have a tab for online courses and you'll see all the further descriptors in there as well, Laura. And like I said, I won't publicize the discount special offer because that is for your guests, VIP 20. Oh, thank you so much. That's so generous. Everybody go take a look, dressedsmart.com. Look at the courses that are there. Special promo code VIP20 for 20% off those courses. Francesca, how can people learn more about you overall? Thank you. So you can find me on LinkedIn. I am active on LinkedIn. I have a long name, but people will see that in the show notes. <laughs> sure, sure. So, And of course, there's always the website. There's always the website. And I also have a fun podcast, which you were a guest on as well. Yes. Interestingly enough, it's called Office Flip-Flops. So I think it's fun and interesting. We talk about you know the dress code theories and the conversations that have been had gone well and those that haven't gone well on, and just supporting people going back into the workforce. So Office Flip-Flops. You can find me on all of the major channels, Apple, Spotify, and even Audible and Amazon, because you can say, Alexa, play Office Flip-Flops if you wanted to. Oh, what fun. Yeah. I never even thought about that. So there you go. So many different ways to find out more. Francesca, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm so honored. Just so honored to be in your in your presence. So thank you, Laura. It's been great. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I can't wait to, when we have a chance to meet each other again in person as well. 
And with everybody else out there, thank you, as always, for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes so we can help even more people to increase their confidence, presence, and influence. And finally, if you want to download my free guide to equipment recommendations for virtual influence, including my picks for microphones, lights, and more, go to speakingtoinfluence.com. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, and you're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Laura Sokola, and I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the Speaking to Influence podcast. If you love listening to these episodes as much as I love bringing them to you, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please go to iTunes right now to rate and review our podcast in order to help us expand our reach so even more people can master the three C's to command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal. Thanks for listening to Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite, the show for leaders who want to speak with impact. The hosts, producers, owners, and media distributors of the show make no guarantees that the strategies and information discussed will result in profit or other success and may result in losses. The opinions and statements of the hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the owners, staff, managers, broadcasters, or sponsors of the show. No medical or psychological therapy or personal or professional wellness or relationship advice is offered in the show. You are advised to seek counsel on matters related to your health, family, relationships, job, or other business and legal matters from licensed advisors in those areas prior to making any changes in business or lifestyle. No information provided may be suitable in your situation. As always, take responsibility for the decisions and actions you take, including the reactions they may make in your work, family, health, and life.